Hello and welcome to this week's Therapy for Me on the 1st of December. So I wish you a very, very happy Advent before we even start. And I've always liked the first day of Advent. Um, I don't know... Advent's one of those things... I tend to, by about the 17th or 18th, I'm a little bit mauled off with it, really. You know, things like Advent calendars and all that kind of stuff. But at the beginning of it, I really, really like it. Um, and so today, it's just a, it's just a special day, really. It's it's just a, a it's that kind of that kind of countdown. It's a frosty day. It's a cold day. There's potentially a bit of snow over the weekend. It's starting to get that Christmas kind of vibe about it. So I'm 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 quite pleased with it, really. Um, before we start, I had planned on doing all the recordings this week while I was out and about, and that was because I did a section of audio whilst I was in London on uh, Monday. Um, I went to the Marillion gig on Sunday night and I was therefore in London and travelling home uh, through the morning on Monday and I recorded the first section of audio there. And because I've been back to London this week for the um, the MIA Christmas do, the uh, Vodka Revs Christmas do, which was, which was great actually, um, I was hoping to get some audio done as I was travelling but for whatever reason, I didn't do any on Tuesday, and then I tried to do some uh, of all places Retford Railway Station on Wednesday, and and it just didn't work. Um, and then the train arrived, and then I forgot, really. So um, you're going to get one day of on location, and then four days of not. And apologies for that. I will try and do better uh, in future, but it just didn't happen. And I thought today about trying to kind of you know fake it a bit, but. It was like no, I'll, I'll I'll not bother. I'll I'll just include that one bit of, of on location audio, which is the bit you're going to hear next, um, and then I'll go back to normal. So let's have a bit of twangy guitar, and then it's straight in to what was Monday morning in London. <laughs> You can probably hear the sound of passing traffic and uh, the sound of a place, a built-up place. Um, and I'm quite shocked that at the lack of sound, really, because as I look straight ahead of me, I can see all the railway lines coming into uh, King's Cross and St Pancras. Um, and I'm in St Pancras Gardens, which is um, an idyllic little spot, actually. Uh, I'm walking back from Camden, uh, back to catch a train. I was in I was in town for the Marillion gig at the Roundhouse last night, which which was amazing. And uh, and I was on my way walking back, and I saw the gardens uh, as I walked past. It was the church I saw actually, uh, St Pancras. I don't know if it's St Pancras Old Church or St Pancras Church. Not quite sure. Um, which is a wonderful little building, um, rebuilt a number of times. It stems back to the fourth century, but it's been rebuilt. It's mainly Victorian now, from what I've just read. Uh, but I've just been uh, I've just been inside for a for a poke around and ended up sitting there for. And I sat down. And I was there for about 15, 20 minutes, just just collecting my thoughts. And it's a very beautiful, calm place. Uh, and now I'm just really just I don't know, trying to get over everything in terms of where this is and how I've kind of stepped into a almost a surreal piece of piece of time that's not connected to the rest of the city somehow it feels 
you know, strange. I mean, there's a train going by now. You can probably just hear a train pulling out of what is probably King's Cross. Um, but I somehow feel slightly disconnected uh, from it all in the space that the space that I am. So I thought I'd capture um, this for today. Really, I'm doing a, a bit of whizzing about this week, so I'm going to probably going to try and capture things as I go, which means it might not necessarily be about anything. Uh, though saying that, there's lots I can update on. Um, I, I, I'm stayed in a fantastic hotel um, called the Wesleyan Camden, which is a, a. I thought it was a converted Wesleyan chapel. It's not. It's still owned by the Wesleyans, and it's still an active chapel. There's a uh, an area for worship um, downstairs, but the rest of the building's been converted into a a really nice hotel, really really nice hotel, and it is an absolutely smashing building. And um, so I've just I've just checked out of there. Um, it was a bit of a late night. Uh, gig was great. Um, after party went on a bit, uh, which is why I found myself wandering down Camden High Street just before two o'clock this morning, eating a Maltese and McFlurry. But if you can't do that on a Sunday night in London, then when can you do it? Um, so just checked out of there, wandering wandering back. As I as I stopped, I put I posted a photo on Instagram of the hotel, and as I. Uh, as I, as I was taking the photo, a fox ambled past. Um, now, I'm used to seeing foxes occasionally wandering around in the dead of night, but actually, um, actually, this was 10.30 in the morning. Um, and this fox was just going about his business, probably heading up to the market, um, which I can't say I've ever can't say I've ever seen that before either so um, if I sound a little bit like I'm all over the place I, I, I kind of am a little this morning I don't know I don't know why um, something strange about wandering through here has, has kind of hit me just a little bit uh, in fact I was sat in the church and I found myself thinking about uh, about my friend Dan uh, and I've not thought about him for a little while uh, which I then felt a bit, guil- a bit guilty about but I was just sat in that quiet moment just just thinking about him and how he, how much he loved this time of year um but yes anyway this is quite a special spot if you find yourself it's a, it, do you know what it's a really it's nothing it's nothing exceptional this is not a grand place but it's a nice spot so if you find yourself coming in on the train into either Euston or King's Cross or St Pancras and you've got 10 minutes to go or you've got 10 minutes to go before you catch a train out of there seek it seek it out just come and seek it out and give it 5 minutes and i'm sure it's lovely in the summer and it's equally lovely now Tuesday so what I was going to tell you about when I tried to do some recording on what was Wednesday morning but it was in the right location uh, was um, two things one was Retford railway station which is I was born and raised uh, in in Retford, which is in North Nottinghamshire, uh, and it remains the biggest regret of my life that I wasn't born in Yorkshire. But um, and I still class myself as honorary Yorkshire. But anyway, we'll leave that one alone. And um, Retford railway station is a really, really, really impressive railway station for you know for what is a, a, a mid-sized town. Um, and it was it's on the East Coast Main Line, and it's a building that when I catch trains from there, and I catch trains from there fairly often because if I'm catching a train to London, my choices are Wakefield, Doncaster or uh, Redford. Now, Wakefield takes about 40 minutes 
and can be a hellish journey in the morning. Doncaster takes about an hour and Retford I can do in an hour and ten. But the Retford journey is 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 about half an hour less than the Wakefield journey and it means I can travel on Hull trains and I'm a big fan of Hull trains. So big shout out to Hull trains. I think you're fab. Uh, don't know why, just do. Just think they're a nice company. The staff are always great. I just always like being on Hull trains. But you have to you have to do Doncaster or Retford to catch a Hull train. Um and it's one of those that because the whole trains only then stop in Grantham, that it's a one hour twenty minute journey, which is which is fab. So I normally do the the hour drive and then jump on the train for the last bit. And every time I walk down the station, I'm reminded of the fact that well, straight away it's got all the things that you want at a railway station. So it's got a it's got it's got a costa, but it's built into a building. It's not a little kiosk, so you actually go into a costa, but it's not been branded. Um, they've clearly not been allowed. It's, it's a listed building, so you, you're limited to what you can do. So it's like you're walking into the old tea room. And I do remember the old tea room from when I was living there. Um, so you you walk in in the way you would expect, and it's only when you get inside that you realise it's actually a, a costa. It's got toilets that you can walk into, which is kind of unusual for railway stations. Um, but it's got loads of buildings um and i've never really understood what are in all of these buildings it's a big station um and i guess it's the same with a lot of major railway stations you've got a, you know there's, there's, there's all this infrastructure that's not used and you wonder what's actually behind all of those all of those doors um anyway that's not the bit i was really going to talk about i was going to talk about the fact that when i got off the train on monday i um i called into my old hometown and i went to a um a, a shop that's called bacon's which is a it's a butcher's and a baker's kind of all rolled into one. So it's kind of does um, the, the butchery things you'd expect in terms of, um, you know, meat, butchery stuff. But then it does cold meats and, and those kind of things uh, and cheeses and that kind of stuff. And then it does on the other side, it's a, a baker's. And in the middle, they do sandwiches and what have you. And it's, a, it's quite a big you, you, it's a decent sized building when you go in and it's legendary in Retford I mean I thought everywhere had a Bacon's but um but but not it's it's a a unique thing and it's survived all this long it's in the center of town it's got an incredible location in the center of town and I went back and I occasionally when I'm in Retford I uh I, I nip in there and I have a Cornish pasty and the reason I have a, a Cornish pasty is because there is nothing that tastes like a Bacon's Cornish pasty now, we used to have Cornish pasties for lunch, and we'd walk down from, from high school into town, and we'd have a Cornish pasty at lunchtime. And way before Cornish pasties were a thing, way before the whole Cornwall invasion thing. And it's just a taste. I don't know what they do. It doesn't taste like a traditional Cornish pasty. It doesn't taste like, you know, anything other than a Bacon's Cornish pasty. And it hasn't changed in all that time. So if I go back 40 years... I was going into town and eating what I had for lunch, um, you know, on Tuesday. I, w- I was having that maybe once or twice a week. And a load of the cakes that they do haven't changed in that time either. So I had that wonderful experience where I was able to go back and relive something of my childhood that wasn't, it's not a retro version of, it's not like somebody bringing out Spangles again. It's, it's, it's carried on in all that time. There's been no break in between in that whole Cornish pasty cycle, if that makes sense. 
or that whole, they do a shortbread biscuit with chocolate on top and there's been no break in that in all that cycle. They do a rum truffle, um, which there's been no break in that in that entire cycle. Because every time I've gone back in, that they've just always been there and they taste exactly the same. I mean, I'm, and I mean exactly the same. And the only thing that's a real shame is that the Bakewell tart they used to do, which was like a, a bit like a Mr. Kipling style thing, they don't do anymore. They've gone to a bake or slice, which is a real shame because I used to love these things because actually it was, for me, it was Nirvana. It was a Bakewell tart that didn't have almond in it. And I don't really like almond. So I don't really like Bakewell tarts, but I like Bacon's Bakewell tarts because it was everything that was great about a Bakewell tart without almond. Wednesday. Doctor Who was great. That's all I'm going to say. Doctor Who was great. I... I Thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm enjoying Russell T. Davis being back. I'm enjoying David Tennant being back. I thought the whole cast was superb. Uh, I thought the story was great. And I thought it was funny. Really, really, really funny. I thought it was slick. It was funny. I thought it was interesting. Um, I, I just, I just... I just enjoyed it. I didn't want it to finish and I thought it was great and I'm looking forward to the two more. And I know this is a stopgap and we're going to move on to something new and I'm really looking forward to something new because it feels like it's going to be a reboot uh, proper. Um, But for this little moment, to enjoy this little throwback uh, and to enjoy where we end up, and as far as I'm aware, there's a... This is part of a Disney spin-off and this, that and the other. Um, you know, and there will be more David Tennant's. Uh, uh, I understand that's in the works. And that'll be nice because that will be like warm comfort blanket kind of thing. But it was just, yes. I mean, preposterous in terms of some parts of the story and the, the kind of get out of where they were with the whole premise they'd built up about uh, the Doctor and Donna and her not being able to remember him was was a little bit that was that was a little bit soft um but you know what just just the whole thing just great if you haven't watched it watch it it's a really really enjoyable hour thursday big shout out big big shout out to alfie bow and i don't know if i ever had an opinion on alfie bow um before um but I do now. I absolutely have an opinion on Alfie Bow now. Alfie Bow has taken on that kind of mythical status that people like Danny Dyer have taken on and a whole load of others for just coming along and doing something that is brilliant, that needed doing, and that is that he's um, he's he's done a, an, an explainer as to why Die Hard uh, is a Christmas movie. And he's done a choral explainer of why Die Hard is a, a Christmas movie. And I'm going to put it um, I'll put a link to it uh, in the notes. I've got to find it. I'll put a link to it in the notes. And I just, I just say to you, just go and watch this because this thing is, is just great, and it's just there. And it, and if, and if you are, if you're unconvinced at the end of that, then um, I question your Christmas spirit. Let's put it that way. I question your Christmas spirit. If you are, if you are unconvinced that Die Hard's a Christmas movie by the end of that particular sequence then I don't know if there's any hope left for you. Friday. I want to finish on Twinkly Lights. Um, And I'm admonishing myself a little bit here. And it's been quite a Christmas-themed... Take Cornish pasties out of it. It's been quite a Christmas-themed 
uh, episode, really, I suppose, um, this week, um, because we've, you know, we've had, we started with the Marillion tour before Christmas, and then we've we've covered various Christmas bits in between, and I'm going to finish with the Christmas thing as well. We went um, shopping, uh, food shopping on Monday night, and um, which was obviously what twenty eighth of November, and I was. I was a little scornful of the fact that I'd passed on the way home and we passed on the way um, when we were out shopping a number of houses with Christmas trees in them and up. And I was a little scornful of, uh, right, well, why is the Christmas tree up? The Christmas tree shouldn't be up yet. It just shouldn't be up yet. It's too early. What are we doing? And I found myself in that kind of space because in my head, I always had a thing that the Christmas tree should go up the last Sunday before Christmas. Um, and the only thing that would would sort of change that is this kind of weird mythical th- rule, not even a rule, understanding. A weird mythical understanding about what happens if, you know, it's Sunday the 22nd or Sunday the 20, or, or Sunday the 24th even. Does the Christmas tree therefore go up on Christmas Eve if, if, if it's Sunday the 24th? So in my head, I would have a thing that allowed me to work that out. So my rule was always Christmas tree no earlier than the Sunday before Christmas, provided Christmas Day wasn't, say, a Monday or Tuesday or a Wednesday, for argument's sake. So if if Christmas Day fell on a Monday or Tuesday or possibly Wednesday, then it was the previous Sunday. So it would, but in reality, it shouldn't be up much more than about seven days before Christmas Day. That would be the kind of the, you know, the 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 ideal was Christmas Day on a Sunday. So you put it up the previous Sunday. That would be the thing in my head. That don't ask me why. I've no idea why. I arrived at that, but that was always the rule. That was always the rule. And Alice and I have always kind of had that as the rule. And even when the boys were growing up, we resisted the tree being up much earlier than a week to 10 days before Christmas. I've now realised I am totally wrong. And I realised I was totally wrong as we were driving to the supermarket. Because at the end of the day, why are we not filling our lives with, with twinkly lights and Christmas trees and baubles and shiny things for as long as we possibly can. So my thing before was always the consumerism side of it and it comes too early and da 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 and it's not special. I've now decided that in the middle of the winter when it's dark and it's cold, why why not have twinkly lights for as long as we can possibly have twinkly lights for? So I'm now I'm now saying to you, I got this all very very wrong and I shouldn't have admonished anybody I shouldn't have had a rule about it I'm in no position to admonish anybody no position whatsoever but I I I I was I was wrong I was wrong so let's let's embrace let's I'm embracing and and, and whilst we might not do it ourselves it might be another week or fortnight before we put our Christmas tree up let's embrace those people who do because I think it's great and it's nice and it is now making me smile so in a way that I would, I would in the past have looked and gone, oh, great, Christmas tree up in November. How ridiculous is that? I'm now just looking and going, yeah, great. That makes you happy. If it's what works for you, absolutely fine. Christmas Day is not going to get here any quicker by doing it. But if you if you want to have that bit going on, then who am I to say that you shouldn't? In fact, from now on, I'm going to encourage you. As simple 
as that. And on that note, I'm going to leave you and wish you a very, very pleasant weekend and a, and a, a you know, a, a great start to your Advent. And I'll talk to you soon. <laughs> therapy for me then please subscribe and share as you see fit this has been an a short stories production